0: Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. Back in the can for another edition of the Lunatic Fringe podcast. This one's taken a little while to line up, but the face (laughs) on the other end of this screen is in paradise right now. So tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do?
1: Kia uh, My name is Lucy and I'm one of the directors of now Gyro. Um, I'm here in Bali at the moment. And oh, yeah, coming to talk with you.
0: The fact that I can actually get someone to drop whatever they're doing in Bali to sit in front of a computer is fucking fantastic.
1: It's, <laughs> yeah, I love it here. There's, uh, there's worse places to be in front of a computer, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, so you're there doing like a surf camp and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm here uh, learning how to surf, which has been quite a hilarious journey, but fun nonetheless.
0: <laughs> Is it one of those things where it's it's uh, um, like skydivers taking on a new part of the sport, you just enjoy being a student again?
1: Yeah, I, I um, have fun just being goofy and looking silly. So it's just as hard as skydiving, I would say. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it's actually terribly easy to look goofy surfing, too. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It really yeah, is I've easy used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not here to talk about surfing we're here to talk about doing stuff like jumping out of airplanes so as is usual yeah. I'm gonna jump you back to the beginnings of your time in the sport and how you got involved in skydiving in all these extreme sports
1: yeah well um, my dad was a skydiver uh, he had dreamed about skydiving since he was a kid and by the time uh, I was born, he was traveling the world skydiving and so I was hanging out a lot at drop zones mainly in New Zealand and Auckland and then I got to go as well traveling to the drop zones as a kid in Spain and England and America and sometimes in Australia as well so I had a really fun childhood I was surrounded by skydivers which was um the best time yeah absolutely love the community you know just such an epic community and super inclusive so yeah I really um that's how I I guess I started in the sport, <laughs> second so generation.
0: When you grow up in the sport like that and you're traveling the world, obviously your normal is dramatically different than a lot of other kids. Uh, were you doing the regular school thing and then traveling like on summer breaks?
1: Yeah. So we were, it was mainly on the weekends. I was at the drop zones. And then when I was younger, I got to go on like bigger trips with my mom to, you know, across the world as well, um, where my mom would come as well. Mm. And then, and then my dad would be traveling overseas a lot and me and mom would be at home. No, so I also like had, had a fairly normal <laughs> childhood at home <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by, um, you know, like other kids and things. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> now at what age did, uh, or how young I should say, did the kids that you were hanging out with and your friends realize that mom and dad for Lucy do some different stuff?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we've always been surrounded by quite colorful humans. <laughs> so it wasn't really until I had like my own friends coming from maybe like intermediate or high school. that I started going, mm, yeah, <laughs> i had a pretty wild upbringing.
0: <laughs> That's gotta be kind of cool though. Right. I mean, cause it's especially when it uh, something like skydiving is so out of the box, unusual people. I mean, you're either, you would be the outcast or you would be like the fucking cool kid.
1: Yeah, I think uh, at school it was really until like close, closer friends came along, started being part of my home life where a lot of my friends like also thrived in that kind of environment. And we are still friends to this day. So, um, nice. yeah.
0: <laughs> now, as I've learned more about the history of uh, skydiving and specifically your dad, your dad lived a pretty, pretty wild life. Like yeah. he, there's a few stories out there about dad. So what was that like growing up as a kid with a guy that can sometimes be summed up as living a legendary life?
1: Uh I w I sum up my kind of life with him as chaotic and fun. <laughs> it was it was everything all the time, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wouldn't swap it out for anything. Mm. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I talked to a lot of uh, second and even third generation skydivers that say the same thing. They're like, it wasn't what would be considered a normal uh, family life because it's pretty wild, but it, it was so amazing. I wouldn't trade it for anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I had like the skydiving craziness and then I also had like dad's entrepreneurial side and that came with a whole different community as well, come in and they're just as wild, you know, as risk takers uh, more in like a business sense, but um, lots of fun, too much sure. fun. <laughs> <I'd say. laughs>
0: well now, and then there's the, the New Zealand sensibility about it at all as well, which is a very laid back, very um, comfortable um, association that you have with all these people, but there's also a wild side.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was mainly wild. Like um, I'd say like the laid backness definitely came at the factory for me. Like we had this beautiful garden. Um, all of our staff are always quite laid back and that was that was really home chill life for me. It was actually at the factory.
0: Now, when at what point did you or I should say so a lot of kids growing up naturally tend to push away from the stuff that their parents do. Was that how it was with you and skydiving, or were you attracted to jumping?
1: um I was I always knew that I was gonna give it a go at some stage but I definitely did push it away a little bit. I wouldn't say I was pushing it away I just kind of had my own path as soon as I left high school I was like wanting to backpack the world um so I did that for a while and then I ended up doing my AFF when I was 19 and then that was a super fun way to see the world And then I ended up doing about my first 100 jumps at like maybe 30 different drop zones, which probably isn't the smartest idea. (laughs) Um, But it was fun. Like I got to see everyone from all around the world, and I still bump into them now. So, like one of the girls, I think I did my 20th jump with, or maybe 25th or something jump with an Imperial Brava right before COVID hit. I was brushing my teeth at Skydive Elsinore, and I look up in the mirror and she's brushing her teeth right next to me.
2: Isn't it crazy?
1: yeah, and we hadn't seen each other for maybe four years <laughs> since it's, our time in a very private one for students. So <laughs> it's
2: such
0: a small community, and and uh, um, you bump into people at the most random times. I mean, it it was akin to uh, way back when I used to promote raves, and you would just bump into the most random people at a party. Two years later, you don't even know <laughs> their name, but you had a great time with them at one point, and it's yeah. it's a lot like that.
1: Yeah, just like uh, as when I was in Bali, just out in the water the other day, the plane came across the sky and all these skydivers started jumping out. And I recognized some of the parachutes. And I was like, I <laughs> wasn't expecting that in Bali, but right? a very welcome surprise.
0: <laughs> That's got to be kind of crazy for you, too, because, I mean, obviously, with the, the brand that you represent that was started by dad, To be able to, you know, be someplace like bobbing up and down in the water in Bali and all of a sudden something that your family was so important with, here's your parachutes are across the sky. (laughs)
1: yeah i was like out in the water i was trying to tell one of my friends like those are my friends up there and they're like oh cool i was like no you don't get it like i'm so excited right now i had no idea they're gonna be here
0: (laughs) you know what i find Um, in situations like that i find myself because you just want to tell somebody right even if it's (laughs) the most random person you want to share that with them and i i I find that over the years i have so many people that have looked at me like the fuck is this guy talking about (laughs) because i'm so
2: excited (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah yeah but like okay and and especially with skydiving it's so niche people don't understand the the background and community that's behind it so once you start kind of explaining it they go, oh wow i had no idea (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
0: well and you said you saw uh airwax was flying over the top of you
1: yeah i saw the airwax parachutes and i was like cool (laughs) right airwax in so long and yeah
0: (laughs) that's so wild so uh, you said you uh, you did your A F F traveling all around the world and and uh, uh, having a good time with it, but was it anything that you thought was going to be uh, a career choice in in skydiving, or was it just going to be I'm going to jump casually? Uh,
1: I think I'm more of a fun jumper. I definitely like jumping for fun. Nice. All about the fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you you're kind of in it. You said uh, your zen place was the factory, so I mean yeah. you grew up in the industry
1: yeah yeah and I got to meet some of the most amazing humans through it as well like I always skydiving is such a special place in my heart
0: well that's the thing and I'm sure you've heard it a million times on this podcast it always boils down to the community
1: yeah it's something that I've noticed like people people start skydiving for the sport and I started notice they stick around for the community Yep. Yeah. And the experiences, like it's a whole adventure. It's not just jumping out of a plane. You get to travel the whole world doing it with awesome people.
0: And yeah, and meet the most incredible people. Absolutely. I've talked to, uh, and I've told the story on the podcast before, but I had a, a friend from back in the day, Put a very heartfelt post up on Facebook about how he's leaving the sport uh, because he's got kids now. He just can't um, dedicate enough time to it. And he thinks that the family uh, comes first. And And everybody was, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And my response was, dude, you're a skydiver for life. Even if you never put another rig on your back, you're a jumper. You're you're fucked. You're one of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, when uh dad stopped jumping when I was like twelve, but he still he was still so much in the community, you know, like he was still I still consider him a skydiver for sure, sure. my whole life.
0: Now yeah. at at what point uh growing up did you realize that your dad wasn't just another jumper?
1: Um when I was in the wind tunnel in Paris with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone came up to me and was like, "Is that gyro?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Oh, gyro's a really a real human." And I was like, "Yeah, it's my dad." And he was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I thought he was just fake. <laughs> I was like, "What?" And I couldn't I couldn't quite comprehend it. Um, and then yes, it's gotta <laughs> be strange. To yeah,
0: <laughs> it's gotta be very strange growing up, and then as you get older, realizing that uh, your dad like was kind of legendary in the sport.
1: Yeah, and right after that we went to uh, my first PIA symposium, which was in Florida. And people kept going up to me like, Oh, do you remember me? Like, I met you when you're this tall, and started being introduced as gyro's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh not Lucy, and I was like, Okay. And then this that's kind of picked up traction. I kind of formerly gyro's daughter in the skydiving industry. <laughs> um, and it's when it's like I okay, I recognize that now uh, dad had um quite a gravity and yes (laughs) yes well
0: we uh um and we'll talk about it a bit more later with the rebranding and stuff but uh one of the copies that i read as things started to switch around from nz to gyro was the uh i sold my girlfriend's canopy for drug money (laughs) 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 i mean (gasps) Uh, I love that story (laughs) on so many levels it's not even funny but the fact that that's actually part of the marketing for the company is just
1: (laughs) I mean it's honest
2: (laughs) that's the thing right
1: like for us, yeah the the whole rebrand was about being authentic so the how many stories I had to take out I probably had maybe like 10 pages of of things I wanted to say and to boil it down just to that uh short those short paragraphs was, that was one of the standout things so it was like what motivated him to start making paragraphs. so,
0: a <laughs> so uh, when all of this was going on and when uh, when uh, what would become nz and then now gyro started to form did you know what was going on i mean were you there for this as it was really starting to to gain traction or were you just kind of doing your own thing
1: Uh, Do you mean um, our transition to gyro?
0: No, no, no. I mean the actual initial company when it started. uh, um, I don't know. I, I need more of the history from you.
1: Right. So, yeah, when I was born, I think my dad had already started making parachutes. And I think he was making about three parachutes a week. And he had just found someone that miraculously lived around the corner that made that was making an automated cutter f- to cut sail fabric, um, and then he met up with them and made it for parachute fabric instead. So just kind of starting up our factory like that. We're still cutting, or well, dad was still cutting, uh, parachute, fac- uh, parachute panels out of cardboard um, back then, and we had one seamstress and a rigger. <laughs> I think that was about it. And uh, shortly after I was born, we moved into our, our main factory of the last 20 years, which is Sussex Street, um, where we grew, where most of our growing has, has been done.
2: Well,
0: so now that was one um, of the... Please, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. And we were mainly selling in Australia and New Zealand at the time. And then in 1999, when I was four, Dad was trying to expand worldwide. So he found manufacturers in... Spain and in the USA as well, which is when uh, we started traveling quite a lot as a family. Um, and yeah, it was just growing from there quite slowly. It was quite organic growth for most, sure. of, most of that time as well. Yeah.
0: Well, now, um, one of the big things was the the um, was it the programming or the cutting that uh, your dad kind of had the edge on people? Was it the the way that the parachutes were being cut?
1: Um, yeah, I think that technology at the time was was quite new for parachute um, fabric. So he went around the world. I'm pretty sure he sold like 30 or 40 of them to other parachute manufacturer, manufacturer, manufacturing kind of, uh, companies. Sure. Um, so yeah, head fingers and a lot of pies all the time. <laughs> I mean, that's got
0: to be really cool to think of too, right? That even if it's not um, what was the the beginning of the NZ Aerosport canopies. That what your dad did had a lot to do with the top canopy manufacturers outside of NZ Sports. That's fucking cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they still use um, those products. That product was actually made by another guy who had the same name as my dad, as Paul. Um, and Dad, I think, was looking all around the world for something like this, and he ended up just being right around the corner from our family home. So we ended up becoming really good friends, and we spend Christmases together, and just became family. <laughs> well, <I laughs> Dad mean... also owned a few bars right next to my family home at that same time. So um, yeah, was frequenting the bars a lot.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that that there, uh, uh, that kind of technology. The 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 overriding theme that I find in skydiving is that skydivers found a way to make the shit they needed happen while still being able to keep the party lifestyle that they wanted.
2: Because <laughs> yeah. it, wasn't,
0: it wasn't about being more effective with the work. It was about having more time to do what you wanted while the work was getting done.
1: Yeah, it was very much a lifestyle business. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, so growing up as a, as a kid through all of this, and obviously to go from that to to controlling the company has had to have been one wild ride.
1: It, it is, and it continues to be a wild ride. It's uh, ever evolving and constantly changing, and uh, has grown in me like nothing. I don't think anything else could grow in me like that has. Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. Like I, I guess I, I started to become a jeweler and about a month into being a jeweler, my dad passed away and I decided, okay, now I'm going to go back to in, NZ Aerosports or Gyro now and, um, and, you know, take on that challenge that seemed like the most authentic way for me to go at the time. So it was a little bit of a <laughs> turnaround of what I was sure. trying to put my life on. But I had been working at Aerosports for about five years at the time in production. So I had, um, you know, some experience with the company.
0: Sure. I was going to say, I'm, I'm I'm, sure the idea of it must have been daunting, but it also kind of must have been like going home.
1: Yeah, that's how it really felt. It felt just so authentic. Like it felt wrong going back to jewelry school. I don't think I ever foot stepped foot in jewelry school. Since then, <laughs> I remember just sitting across the road, and I called my best friend. I was like, "Ah, uh, I don't know, but this is for me. Would you mind coming picking me up?" And she pick me <laughs> up, So we went for a big walk that day. And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to do this."
0: <laughs> so, what well, was the jewelry school kind of a desire to um, find your own creative stuff outside of the sport?
1: Yeah, I think I was very inspired. Uh, but my, both my parents own their own businesses, and. I liked working at piece rate work at peace rate, rate at that time in the factory, so I work making per piece. I quite liked working with measurements and I wanted something creative though um so I thought like jewelry, you're kind of working per piece you make and it's creative and you're working with very very uh refined measurements i think we were, we were being judged on zero point one of a millimeter
2: <laughs> oh wow
1: um yeah, so um. It just like was a very logical decision as well um although i have to say sometimes when i was sitting there making jewelry and it was sunny outside i was like it's <laughs> quite nice to go jumping right now
2: <laughs>
0: well i mean I, I suppose really it's not such a huge leap because you went from one uh potential profession that required such small tolerances to another one that yeah. is, requires such small tolerances and just as much creativity, just in slightly different ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that's why I like really took influence with my parents like that. And then I kind of wanted that same thing, like lifestyle business, working my own hours. Um, Yeah.
0: So when the when the company was really starting to gain traction, I was certainly around. In fact, I remember wanting the original Icarus stickers because uh, it said, fuck, yeah, which I thought <laughs> was just the coolest thing. That's a pre- <laughs> even in skydiving. That's a pretty fucking bold marketing move. <laughs>
1: If you knew my dad, it didn't feel that bold. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's, He was
1: always swearing. Uh, I remember he coming home I was like, I oh, hear on your and it's fuck you. And I was like, fuck you. Mom was like, Please see. <laughs> Don't say that. That's fantastic. Like, that's a losing battle, Mom.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because, I mean, most of the rest of the world, that would just never fly. but And I never had the privilege to meet your dad, but I have a feeling I really would have liked him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you would have. Uh, we do get a few emails every now and there, just being like, I don't like the profanity. Like I just thought I'd send a formal complaint, blah, blah, blah. And our response is kind of, well, uh, I guess you're not our target market then. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, they kind of missed the mark. That's. Uh, I actually had somebody get uh, mad at me over an article that I had written for Blue Skies years ago, and my response was something along the lines of, you're upset by an article written by a guy who calls himself the fucking pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're kind of yeah. asking to be offended if that's what you're looking for
1: <laughs> yeah you're you're welcome to be offended <laughs>
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i it doesn't bother me a single bit but that had yeah. to be i mean that had to be a little bit odd as you were growing up was there ever a point you know as you're hitting high school and stuff where you're the the the, the fuck yeah kid
1: <laughs> yeah that's me uh no, I I don't think at high school I was just kind of a normal kid. The only time where it was maybe advertised was when Dad would come. We had this tiny little car.
2: Oh no! Oh no!
1: With big bag wheels on it, the huge logos like across, and he would have like the blades sticking out the back, and he would come pick me up from school, just turning his own toot 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 toot, Oh, that's and amazing. Looking at me like, why does it say fuck you? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, dad, let's get in the car, drive off.
2: That is so fantastic.
1: Um, yeah. That- Only the friends who like kind of came to my home life, though, really understood the fuck here And I'd come to the factory and it was all very welcomed.
0: Well, I would imagine. Yeah. I'm, and that must be, uh, I can imagine if I was in that position, the incredible pride that i would take if i got to bring my high school friends to the fuck yeah factory i'm going to show you all this really (laughs) cool shit because there must have been a point when you realized i got a pretty cool
2: life
1: yeah i think it was um i had like a lot of freedom so you know like most friends you'd go to their, their home and you kind of had to um you know not disturb the peace But my dad kind of welcomed the chaoticness so we're kind of always there sometimes drinking beer, being a bit naughty, Sure. (laughs) but my dad's like, I'd rather you do that here. And, you know, just a lot of freedom
0: for sure. Now. So was he, um, the, the creative type that handed the responsibility off to someone else, or was he able to kind of compartmentalize?
1: I've been thinking about this a lot recently because he did build that whole factory from the ground up. But when I really got to know him, he was very chaotic. Um, and creative and Attila was really Attila and Richie really like held held the fort down um you know he was my dad is just terrible at catching flights and um (laughs) being on time (laughs) um so I I kind of I wonder there must have been some stage in his life where he was like very organized but then I just can't imagine it also (laughs) I don't really know or if he was just like you know so uh obsessed with doing the one thing that he you know got so into it he just didn't stop kind of you know hyper focused on something
0: sure sure well yeah. i i remember that i think the first person with uh, uh nz that i had on the podcast was attila um yes. and it, attila is this very relaxed very professional very mellow um and you listen to the stories that attila tells and they just, they so don't seem to match, <laughs> but they do, right? Because he's yeah. such he's such a pro. But yeah, then you're like, but you did what in with what company? Holy <laughs> shit!
1: <laughs> I know, yeah. Attila, is like, um, you know, especially like with my growth, he's been uh, within the company. He's been, um, such a, um, I don't know. It's, what the right word is i want to say guardian but i don't think guardian is like right. a mentor right word. Uh, mentor yeah because whenever i'm like well like all these big emotions are coming up he's just like a rock solid human that's like we've got this you know and he's just so, so calm all the time And i'm like okay right no we've got this and um and i think he was that for dad as well nice. and i think it happened like vice versa as well like i see dad was a very big mentor in so many people's life especially um when you work with him Uh, to like how he perceives business and executes business and um, new ideas and how you deal with them Um, and just the whole philosophy around our business as well. I think very inspiring. So I think it was like, yeah, definitely a very yin and yang uh, relationship.
2: (laughs) Well,
0: and it seems to me from everything that I've learned over the years uh, working with you guys in relationship to the podcast is it's, I don't think company is ever how I would describe uh N Z now, Gyro. It's it's a family. I mean, it really it's a dysfunctional family, but it's a family.
1: <laughs> it really is. Yeah.
0: It's great yeah. though. I mean, it, it seems to me like you guys have cultivated the people that are absolutely the best at what they do in their little niche. And then outside of that, yeah. you don't know what you're gonna get. But <laughs> all the cogs seem to fit together so well.
1: Yeah, I think uh dad had a really a real talent of recognizing people's strengths and building a role that fit them. Mm. Um as opposed to finding what we need and then just like keeping people accountable. Like like Julian, he came in making line sets yeah. originally, right. for example. Yeah.
0: And yeah. then and- well, and I love talking to him cuz he tells tells the same story of, you know, I designing line sets and then all of a sudden he's designed <laughs> arguably the most incredible parachute ever to hit the air.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, it's just by recognizing people's talents and sitting down and getting to know them. Uh, Shannon as well has been directing our marketing for over 10 years. Um she came in originally as filming a pro- as a project for her university project, like a film about Dad and and our company for a university project, and I think she walked out with a job as well.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Well, which yeah. is absolutely amazing if you can spot that kind of talent, and and obviously the the uh, the company itself is a very attractive entity because you guys are clearly enjoying what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which and, is huge. and I think that's when you play to people's strengths, so you enjoy what you do. So <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Now I would imagine because of the environment that was already there, that must have made it easier to step into your current role, because for a lot of kids taking over a, a parent's company, it's not that easy, and and they have a very difficult time being taken seriously by the company. But in a company like this, where you're already family, that must have made it much easier.
1: Um. Yeah, I would I wouldn't say it was easy. <laughs> I definitely. <laughs> I definitely had uh some struggles as well like this. Um uh I think the first few years like it was just a lot of me soaking up uh everything and then mm. once I could start to back myself with some knowledge and what I desire for the company and everything and then we start talking about it. I think there was like a period of where we're all trying to work together because it's between me richie julian and attila yep um and so like how we play yeah it's the finding that balance of playing to each other's strength and where we fit in and all becoming business owners at the same time so right. there was definitely challenges there as well um whereas i think a lot of family businesses when people are they're brought up in the business so you kind of have a progression that you right. should follow Right. So the, the parents follow, uh, fit out for their children to follow. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> now, what, what, uh, um, what sparked the desire to do the whole rebranding? Because by the time this came around, NZ Aerosports is like become famous. You know, everybody knows two brands in skydiving, and NZ Aerosports is arguably the best.
1: Yeah. So it was, I uh, came in and um, we had some brand confusion with uh, another company. And um, so we're trying to sort that out and that got nowhere. And we're kind of looking at our brand and there was Icarus, Daedless, and NZ Aerosports. And you go to different parts of the world, they just call us NZ or Icarus NZ or Icarus. And you got this Daedless range of parachutes. And um, a lot of the time, we were ended up explaining our brand to people, which I think that was so much cooler things we could have been saying. So it took a while. Um, it took a while to come to that conclusion that maybe we should do a rebrand. And someone mentioned it to me, um, just a contract that we had in our factory, our gyros everywhere. Like Jaro is such a great unique name, blah, blah, blah. And just over time, it was kind of ticking in my head and then, it just we all just decided it one day, okay, we're gonna be rebranding now. And it took a lot, yeah, it, it took a lot of processing, I sure. think, to get there. Um, because you know, Icarus and NZ have been riffing literally my whole life. Yeah. And and there's like this whole thing of like letting go of some of the things that my dad had created as well. Um sure. and then throughout the whole rebranding process, I kind of started realizing that. It's also like a really, it's really nice ode to the past, but at the same time, it's kind of showing our authenticity. So I wanted to show that we were who we were, and it was just very unique and straightforward. Um, and that we have a new phase of our company, which is owned by us now. And yeah, I think it's the brand itself is better, cleaner, clearer, and it just kind of reflects um the pursuit of excellence which is sure. some, one of our values yeah <laughs> It's I
0: mean it's it's clearly the next evolution of it and and uh, yeah. uh there were obviously a lot of really good reasons that went into it it's kind of funny that you'd mentioned the confusion with other companies because when uh, I first started working with you guys goodness over th- over 3 years ago
1: Yeah I think so it was, yeah. it was around when covid first hit
0: Yeah yeah uh, uh, holy shit
1: yeah. It's been that
0: long, but I, I had made a, uh, made a post on Instagram and I tagged um, what I thought was you guys and very quickly got a message going, could you please un-fucking-tag that? (laughs) Oops. And that's.
1: Un-fucking-tag that. Yeah,
0: un-fucking-tag that. That's, that's when I learned. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize. And so that's kind of when I got a little bit of the history of it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, definitely want to move away from, from that a little bit. A sure
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely absolutely now what what inspired not the name obviously the name comes from your dad um but yeah. what inspired um the style uh, that you decided to go with
1: so um we had a full brief and we wrote down who we were so we wrote down all of our values um all of our target market and then uh, we went to some designers uh which Luckily, usually when we work with dis- uh agencies, they don't um, they don't understand us at all.
2: <laughs> you know, they're
1: always going going, you should do this like very corporate thing. And we're going, I <laughs> don't think you get skydiving. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and we're just lucky to hit the nail on the head with these guys. Um the guy, the designers that um we hired, the guy who owned the company, also owns a surfboard factory. So it was kind of going hand in hand and we figured out down the line that we actually have lots of mutual friends as well. <laughs> mm. Um that's New Zealand for you. Yeah. And um, they came up with a few different designs for us. And um we were stuck between this kind of old school, cool, clean and clean and clean minimalistic look. And I couldn't decide and they kind of brought the two together. And I think they did that really nicely. Um yeah, as you said, I really like the kind of eighties theme. If you look at most um logos and skydiving, it's got quite an eighties feel to it. So. Sure, sure. Um, so I kind of wanted to keep the familiarity of that and also like Dad's whole progression kind of came through the eighties. Um and yeah, they, and they set us down. They said, like, who was your dad? Oh, like, okay, this is gonna be like a long meeting. <laughs> so we better get a couple of beers. <laughs> right, right. Um, and yeah, there was there are some things that just they really understood.
0: Well, this is kind of, it's got to be a kind of a cool opportunity as well because you've gone with Gyro that now moving forward for the generations of Scott Evers coming up, you get to give them a bit of the history that they would otherwise never know about the sport and about you kind know, of paying respect to your dad
1: yeah so I think I realized over the cause so I always thought, oh wow, like all my dad's whole story and a whole company history is like so interesting, and of course, like the people close to me in the sport knows all about our history. but when I started actually talking about it when I was at Jarro Buggy and to some of our athletes um before we released, and some of our dealers, like they had no idea sure <laughs> and i and I just went assuming like oh, like the rich history you know it's just probably the most special thing uh, we have. Um, and so, yeah, it was really nice to give that a platform.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, because I, I knew I knew the feel of it, but I didn't know details. You know, uh, I was like a lot of other jumpers. I knew the the basis behind it and I knew the company vibe, um, but I didn't know any yeah. of the real stories. And then you guys sent me over all the proofs for the stuff that you were using. And I read through them going, holy shit, <laughs> this, this is gold this is gold yeah. it really was yeah. so that's it's got to be really cool to be able to share that moving forward
1: yeah yeah and i was really happy um to realize like the end of icarus as well like weaving those two stories in together it seemed very bright yes yes <laughs> you know, that icarus is always supposed to die so i was yeah
0: Well, and I mean, it's, it, it's not like, um, the rebranding, no one is going to stop jumping a gyro canopy because they don't like the new logo. It's not going to happen. People love the parachutes because above and beyond anything else, they're amazing canopies. Um, but then they get the story behind the rebranding and that just makes it that much more attractive. And I mean, companies in skydiving have a history of rebranding a lot. You know, I mean, yeah. UPT has had how many different names now, and they're they're still doing fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot to do with the product. Um, I knew because some people, I mean, we've been sent people with tattoos of our UPT logo, that um, for some people, including myself, like it is a little bit of a hard thing to let go of. But once once um, you kind of get used to the idea, I just people start realizing how much more epic it is
0: yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah well and the rebrand doesn't erase the history in fact completely the opposite it highlights it right
1: yeah yeah it's like a it's like an ode to it
0: absolutely i mean because it it, it's not like uh, um nz aerosports and icarus doesn't exist anymore it's just the precursor to what it's become now and it it allows it opens the door to tell all these fucking fantastic stories
1: yeah, Brett, Brett Newman um summed it up perfectly. He said oh, it was back to the future. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: That's too cool. So now yeah. um obviously the branding has taken uh taken a lot to do. It's been quite the process. Uh, cuz I think you guys told me something was coming like close to a year ago. You're like we can't tell you but something's coming. It's going to be cool. Um yeah. so is is that why you ended up in Bali? You kind of just need a bit of a reset?
1: Yeah for sure. Like I need a bit of a reset. It's been raining in Auckland for maybe like eight months now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to just, I wanted to learn how to surf and I came here for six days after our rebrand with Shannon and Chris as well, we all decided to go to Bali after our rebrand. And as soon as I got here, I was like, "I'm coming back." Nice. And as soon as I landed back in Auckland, I booked my next flight here. <laughs> so I think I, this might be a frequent winter spot for me.
0: So, is it, that that last trip was your first trip to Bali?
1: It was my second. I travelled here with some of my girlfriends when I was twenty. We travelled. Okay. We did like the whole, um, like we travelled like all through Bali, Vietnam, Cambodia. So.
2: Nice
1: backpacking trip, yeah. It was so cool. It's changed so much since here. Like when we were here, changu still had lots of rice fields. Now, I just now sometimes you'll get like a little patch of grass every now and and then,
2: yeah. Yeah, I
1: was very surprised to see the development.
0: We had talked uh, pre-podcast that uh, myself and a couple of Scott Ever friends had a couple of villas there that uh, we were frequent Bali uh, visitors, and we would uh, spend a lot of our time in Canggu, but we would also go to Gili T and get in a little trouble on the islands out there and <laughs> have good fun. <laughs> Gili
1: T is so beautiful. Yeah, I want to go it? to Uluwatu and Lombok. I didn't get to go to those, those places last time I was here.
0: Oh, you'll love it. I mean, there's nothing that's... It's Bali, for fuck's sake! It's nothing sucks yeah, it's in Bali.
1: It's Gorgeous.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah, it really <laughs> the is. The people
1: here are just so kind as well. They're so polite. I don't feel like there's any tension here, or I haven't seen any anyway. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's yeah. nice to be able to go someplace where you can just kind of take a deep breath.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> so good.
0: So moving forward, what's coming next with Gyro, and what's coming next for Lucy?
1: Ooh. We do have a few exciting things coming out. Uh, uh, we'll talk about one of them. We will have a competition coming out any day now. Um, we'll be able to win a free parachute. Ooh. So keep your eyes out on our socials. Um, that's by, It's a video competition. Nice. So, And then we have a few other special releases coming out, but I will keep those under quiet for Keep now. those in, in your back, back pocket reader. for now. All right. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I'll well, just, I'll just leave a, um, yeah. Just keep an eye out on our social media.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. I like that teaser. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You guys, <laughs> I, I gotta say, you guys are really fucking good at keeping a secret. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Which is impressive because Scott Evers are usually really bad at keeping secrets.
1: Yeah. I'm. Uh, do you mean about the rebrand? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was that was um that was a lot. We did actually tell a, quite a few people. So I was surprised that people were still surprised. I thought at gyro boogie, like, oh most of the people would be would like know by now because we had, you know, all the athletes in the new gyro swoop t-shirts and then we slowly were having the gyro stickers come out. And it wasn't until we put the gyro.com sticker out that some people started coming up to be like, What's gyro.com? Like what's happening? <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's when I was like, eh. So people can keep a secret. <laughs> yes.
0: No, very impressively yeah. so. It's funny, too, because I just uh, uh, I just talked to Chris Stewart and got the notification that my package arrives in a couple of days. So I get to retire the yeah. NZ Sports windblade behind <laughs> me, and it's going to be a gyro wind blade and, and gyro nice. t I still
1: got an Icarus one behind my disc. <laughs> I mean,
0: you still have to pay homage to the roots, right?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it would be a very big job to get rid of every single Icarus sticker in our factory. Every... So I would just say it's just it's just part of our history now.
0: Yeah, well, everything I have has a fuck yeah sticker somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs>
0: they're, they're all over the place. So for anybody that doesn't know, tell them how to follow uh, Gyro on social. How do they order a canopy? Who do they talk to? Um, if they just want more information on the company, or they want more information on you, where do they go?
1: Um, so I'll start with our social media. So our Instagram account is at fly gyro, which is about F L Y J Y R O. Gyro actually is an acronym for jump your ring out. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> that was that was his first business jump your ring out so um uh our website is gyro.com which is where you can order a parachute if you just go into our canopies um you can order it all on there if you need any help just send us an email um which is in the about us section of our website and if you want some more things from me you can follow me on my Instagram which is lucid martini (laughs) l-u-c-i-d-m-a-r-t-i-n-i
0: i (laughs) I like it i like it where you'll be uh soaking up rays in bali and learning to surf for the next what month and a half
1: yeah i have another month and a half here
0: so brutal so brutal
1: (laughs) yes so bad
0: Well, Lucy, I cannot thank you enough for walking away from the beach and the surfboard long enough to sit down and talk to me. We've been trying to arrange this for quite a while. I'm glad it finally (laughs) happened. This is perfect.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes. I can't wait to
1: get your new promo packs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Take care.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as NZ Aerosports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the extreme sports collective. Head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, check out summitparachutesystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs Rigging courses and more by Flyaway Indoor Skydiving. Go to flyawaytn.com and check out all the cutting edge stuff to come. By Pure Spectrum CBD. Head to purespectrumcbd.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available, hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or The Accidental Stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening, we'll see you next time. There you have it, another episode of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as NZ Aerosports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next-level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the extreme sports collective. Head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, check out summitparachutesystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs Rigging courses and more by Flyaway Indoor Skydiving. Go to flyawaytn.com and check out all the cutting edge stuff to come. By Pure Spectrum CBD. Head to purespectrumcbd.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available. Hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the lunatic Fringe book or the accidental stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.